0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the Week podcast. I'm Ryan.
1: And I'm Jake.
0: And we have something a little different to start off the episode today, as we have actually some really, really
2: big news um, involving our podcast. As From
0: now on, we are going to be presented by 4th and 20 Media.
2: Where with 4th and 20 Media, we will be looking to expand our market outreach, basically and just um be able to do bigger and better things get better guests on and stuff like that they're a brand new company that we're partnering up with we're really excited to partner up with them and uh yeah that's basically it i mean we're still gonna here at around the league you know we'll still do our normal episodes nothing will change uh basically i mean actually nothing will change uh in the current future and uh so if you like our episodes now I mean it's still going to be the same. You guys can go check them out on Instagram at 4th and 20 Media I believe and then they do have a website where they write different articles. They're not only for sports but they're for lifestyle and entertainment. I know too at 4thand20.net. So go check them out guys. They're um we're really excited to be partnering with them and uh hopefully bigger and better things to come.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to to be joining the 4th and 20 Media team. Uh, they're they're a uh, a bunch of like minded college students like us and uh, I'm really excited to be on board and see what there is to come.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, uh, I feel like we uh have a lot of growth ahead of us, and and you know we're gonna
1: help each other out. And
0: uh, like I said just now, um, make sure to go check them out. So uh, we're excited. But with that, uh, let's get to normal business. Um. We've been promising you for, I feel like, two, three episodes now about Vince Carter. And Vince Carter officially came out uh, within this past week saying he is officially re- retired um, after 22 years in NBA. So we are going to get into that. We're also going to get into, as we're recording this, the NBA schedule for Orlando. Um, the, the If you want to call it playing games or, or the, the seeding games, whatever. Um, just got released. The schedule, the eight games each team will be playing. Uh, we'll get into players tested positive for coronavirus and players opting to sit out. But we will start with Vince Carter. Um, After 22 years, Vince Carter has uh, finally decided to retire. It feels like it's kind of weird to say that. Um, The only player ever after playing in the year 2020 to play in four different decades, playing in the 1990s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s. Um, Someone who, I mean, has 20,000-plus career points, uh, I mean, Air Can- Mr. Air Canada, Mr. Half Man Half Amazing, uh, Vince Sanity. I mean, there's so much to say about him. I mean, what, 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 were, what are your thoughts on, on? I mean, eight-time All-Star, two-time All NBA, Rookie of the Year. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on Vince Carter's career and just uh, not the way obviously uh, everyone expected it to end. Obviously, with uh, the Hawks not being able to make it to Orlando um, and their season being cut short. But he did get one final, you know, uh, round of applause when, you know, the ce- that night the season uh, found out everyone was getting canceled and they they put him in for one last shot and he made his last three. So what were your thoughts on Vince Carter's career?
1: Yeah, it's certainly a, a very good career. I wouldn't say gra- – well, yeah, we could say great career in, in terms of longevity. Uh, but really just uh, an icon, especially in – in Toronto, you talk about him coming in with with T Mac and just what they were able to do in Toronto, and then played for seven other teams uh, throughout his NBA career. So great longevity, great to be able to let's talk about this to be able to go from team to team and provide solid, efficient, and effective minutes that you're playing for every single team you go to. You have to be one hell of a player, and that's what Vince Carter is. He's like you said, he's traveled. Uh, or, or he's traveled from team to team and he's also been in four different decades. He's the first player to do that. And so he's grown with the game too. He's evolved. He evolved a jumper. He he showed that he wasn't always a, a high flying dunker. He could come off the bench and, and provide some scoring uh, with his perimeter jumper and uh, whatever, whatever team he's on, he's always going to be playing valuable minutes and minutes that a team needs in order to win. So just a really great uh, again. Some of the stats that you said, along with he's 19th all time and on the scoring list. Uh, he's also 30 games played all time, and he leads he leads the NBA all time in seasons played, 22. So, all in all, a great career. Uh, you wonder what if sometimes, what if he was able to win a championship? Uh, he's gotten close, uh, but no cigar. So again, there's uh, there's questions as to whether. He could have won a, a, a what's it called? An a a MVP or, or an no, MVP, MVP too. Okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. And he's had some great, great seasons, especially his days in Toronto and, and New Jersey, where he was able to lift off his career and, ha- and play some great minutes and, and score 20 plus points. And so he had those seasons where that was possible, and he had those seasons where he could have gotten that coveted championship, but he wasn't able to pull it off. So you wonder what if, and. And also, it's it's kind of devastating to know that he came in, and it's ironic as well how he came in into a lockout season in 1998-99, and then he leaves in this in this sort of predicament with the whole entire uh, pandemic. So that's that's my whole little soliloquy about uh, Vince Carter, but a really a really valuable piece uh, that I think will certainly be in the Hall of Fame in uh, a great career. So hats off to him.
0: Yeah, no, um, actually, that was going to be. My next question to you, is he a Hall of Famer in your eyes? And you kind of answered it there. But I mean, just, I mean, so much, you know, we, we could really do a whole episode just on Vince Carter. Um, you talked about starting off in Toronto and, and he really put, Toronto was a really just a couple uh, a very young franchise coming into the, when he came into league at that time, he was, you mentioned Tracy McGrady, who's his cousin. They got to play together. And then I think what everyone, you know, you m- know, is he's most known for is that 2000 dunk contest uh where he gets that nickname mm-hmm. half man half amazing from kenny smith or i mean it just his bounce i mean his hops that he has and the bounce he has still at the age of 43 i mean i, I saw some dunks in the past two three years where you know most guys can barely you know get off the ground you know when they're 35 36 years old he was still i mean doing amazing amazing dunks in, in pre-game and even in game um just like you said, I mean, he had the Toronto, and I know that ended kind of on a sour note. Um, it took a long, long time for Toronto fans to get over that. And then he went to New Jersey mm-hmm. and he was with Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, and they, they got to a couple cha- uh, finals appearances. They lost, uh, to, I believe, to the Lakers and Spurs. Um, and then after that, I mean, he really just he bounced around the league. And something that I always respected him for is he never chased a ring. Um, in these final couple years, he had a chance you know, to go to a Warriors, go to a Cavaliers, uh, even this year, you know, go to a Lakers team or, or a Clippers team and, and try to ride the bench there and get, and, and get his ring. But he, I mean, in his last two, three seasons, he was with a Memphis team uh, going back a little more than two, three seasons. That was okay. That was mediocre. Then he went to Sacramento, uh, rebuilding Sacramento team. And then his last two years, he decided to go to Atlanta and mentor, you know, Trey Young, uh, Kevin Herter, John Collins, and guys like that. And they, and they really do love him down there in Atlanta. Um, and, and someone that, that, I think that will that sticks with me so much just that he was able to have such leadership and in one of the last you know we talk about ogs um especially when we've had you know guest on talking about you know how there's not many ogs left in the league and and he he's one of them that you know now will no longer be in the game but you know I, I have a feeling that you know he'll be either in the media or he'll he'll, he'll do something that will stick around basketball and um you think about it yeah. I mean, more than half his, i mean he's been and NBA longer than me and you have been alive, and and more than half his life basically. Um, it, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, people don't remember Vince Carter. I mean, he averaged twenty five points a game one year. I mean, I mean, he was really just a dominant, dominant player. Uh, one time in his career, and and you say what if? And also the what if is, I mean, I don't think he even reached his full potential. That's how good Vince Carter could have been. Um, I know at one time, you know, before we were even born, it was him or Kobe, you know, who, who's going to take that reign of the NBA. And, and obviously Kobe just went to a different level, but Vince Carter was, you know, and, and I think people still look at it as, as one of the all-time greats in this game. And I, I even if he didn't play until his 22nd season, I believe, um, or yes, it was 22nd season. Even, even if he did play 14, 15 years to me, he's still a hall of famer and uh, he wasn't in the most, uh, he wasn't in the greatest of draft classes, uh, that there was
1: there like was Dirk was, in you know, his
0: draft class there there was Dirk uh, Paul Pierce
2: Antoine after
0: that, Antoine uh, Jameson, Jameson.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Al Harrington Richard Lewis Mike Bibby uh guys like that um nothing too great but you know he was he was one of the greatest uh guys in his draft class so obviously one rookie of the year uh things like that so just an all-around I mean just Great, great player, and, and someone that I don't know how you don't like Vince Carter. I mean, he's uh, uh he just seems like such a, a good, uh, good guy, and, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, let me let me add something real quick. I think it's important to note that look, Vince Carter was never, and I think you point out a really great point here. He was never willing to chase a, chase a ring, he never wanted to be on a team because if you look at his career, he wasn't never on a team that was a big market team, and maybe Toronto's. Now, now known as a more big market team, but the reason why they're looked at in such a high, high light now, the, the Toronto Raptors is because of Vince Carter. They were founded in 1995 and Vince Carter was sort of uh, a player that put them on the map in terms of basketball. A lot of uh, Toronto wasn't known as a basketball town. Now they're known as that in, in part because of Vince Carter. And he was able to, um, to elevate Toronto to new heights. And so that's, that's a big reason for that. And, and also to be able to, and, and again, it's not it's not just the Vince Carter show, you had Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson on the Nets, but still to to, to go from, again, teams that weren't necessary, necessarily, maybe the best team he was ever on was the Nets that he was on throughout his career. Um, obviously with, I'm talking about also with a peak Vince Carter in, in, in a time where he could really, really play. And again, in part... And also, he he just sort of accepted his role when he got older. Uh, he was still a player that could that could you could insert insert in the starting lineup when he started to become more and more of a veteran. But but still, getting back to my point, just uh, there was w- with the Nets, he just he was able to put that team on the map as well. These are teams that uh, were part of expansion. were, were part of um, the NBA, not the Nets, but I'm talking about the Raptors mainly. That were that were teams that. That needed help, and Vince Carter was able to 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 go to these cities and to provide impact not only from something as simple as, um, I guess, uh, some something more of a culture thing, and I think that's what you know, just more beyond basketball. I think that that was really important for Vince Carter's career, and and he made a statement in terms of that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that that's. You hit it on the head with culture and, and I think the whole, um, you know, I don't know if we're kind of not getting the main point here, but the whole not ring chasing and just wanting to give back to younger, younger players. Uh, I mean, you mm-hmm. look at it, I mean, he could have been Trey Young's dad. I think he was as old as Trey Young's dad, um, <laughs> which is pretty amazing to think of. That's how long he was in the NBA. Uh, a lot of these guys who it's just in the past two dumb. three years. No, but you, with a lot of the guys in the past two, three years that just came in the league, uh, you look at Trey Youngs or, or um, uh, even Kevin Herter on his team and stuff. I mean, all of these guys are Zion, uh, yeah. even Luca. Uh-huh. I mean, he was in the league already when they were just born or they were only one, two years old. So you look at he's, that. He's they, been
1: doing that since – yeah, but he's been doing that since Toronto. You talk about Chris Bosh too coming up in the ranks in Toronto, and, and he was helping out Chris Bosh there too. So he's always, yeah. he's always had a mentor side to him that – that you, you see when you look from team to team. He's always been mentoring guys. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, but just, you know, we, we said we wanted
0: to talk about Vince Carter, and, and here we are doing it. Um, it's much deserved. Uh, but yeah. with that, I do want to get to, which I'm really excited to talk about, uh, NBA schedules are finally out. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, eight games. Uh, each team will be playing eight games. It will kick off July 30th with the Jazz playing the Pelicans on TNT. And then uh, to follow up will be Clippers and Lakers, which I think everyone uh, will be really excited to see. Obviously, um, no fans in Orlando. Um, and and will definitely be a different atmosphere. It will definitely be weird, I think, to watch. Uh, I know Adam Silver came out today, said there will be different camera angles, and, and we'll really be able to hear what's going on in the court, which I think there's going to be a lot of bleeping out they're going to need to do because I know the – I've sat pretty close to the court before, and, and and I think we've even heard slip ups on when there are fans and it's loud in the arena. Um, the players don't use the most uh, appropriate language for for family TV, but it, it's going to be really really exciting. Um, I'm just excited. I, I know it's still over about a month away, uh, but you know teams now are are getting back, and we're going to get into the COVID testing and and teams you know mandatory uh, report reporting is in the next. Uh, week so it, it, it's gonna be fun to see uh, all these teams back and just how good they play I mean you think about it this is a the, from the time they they left off to the time they're returning and that that's being game play it's almost it's almost more than a full-off season uh, it's three three and a half months that that they're gonna be off and it's gonna be interesting to see how much rust there is in that first you know I think that's why it's good that these you know they're getting about three weeks to practice and and stuff and do training camp and i know they're gonna have some scrimmages between teams and then also you know those first eight games are going to be really important because even though teams are going to be competing and trying to get playoff spots and and trying to get better seating and what you know what have you um it will be time for you know teams like the lakers and the clippers and 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 you know the celtics the the, the Raptors and, and, and the Bucks, you know, all those type of teams to just get in form and get ready for that playoff
1: run. Yeah, I want to talk about the schedule specifically. Uh, because Yeah, no, let's get, let's get into it. Yeah, I say let's get into it because let's see. Let's cover the first night. So opening night features, and it's interesting because we're following storylines here. First night, we have Utah and New Orleans. At six thirty on TNT, followed by at nine PM, the Lakers and the Clippers. There won't be any. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because they would be playing in LA if there was home court advantage. So there's really no home court advantage when it comes to that. Uh, but there's no. There's not going to be any home court advantage for any of those. Any of these teams. That's that's pretty obvious because we're all playing in Orlando here. Um, but let's look at these matchups real quick. So there. are... Obviously, wanting, wanting to showcase Zion and the Pelicans. Facing off against the Jazz, who were the center of attention for the coronavirus pandemic with Rudy Gobert when this whole th- whole entire thing went down. Um, and then you have the two L.A. teams starting off, which is a Western Conference matchup that everyone wants to see. So that's interesting. I was trying to look towards, because as you, as you proceed past July 30th, July 31st, and into August... I was trying to see which teams, because the New Orleans Pelicans, I had read that they have had the easiest schedule going into the pandemic, and now they, they have the easiest schedule coming out of the pandemic and into this, uh, this playoff uh, seating well, type thing. Yeah Yeah, you there mentioned
0: that, and, and it, no, it's really interesting. Um, you look and, and historically. You look at the media, and this is – I'm taking all – I need to say it because otherwise people are going to say, hey, you're a Heat fan. And you, you look historically, media and NBA are not, normally not for the Heat, and and you're looking for storylines, and you talk about that. And, and who do they want in that first-round matchup? They want Zion versus LeBron. Well, who has the easiest schedule going into Orlando? The Pelicans. Who has the hardest? The Heat. And you know, look at the Raptors. They have me. another – you look at some of this stuff and, and people say, well, you know, they're just taking what they didn't play and, and they're putting it in Orlando. Well, no, that's not really how it works. They're making sure that everyone's playing, um, you know, like the heat still had two remaining games versus the Pacers. They're doing that stuff like that. But at the same time, you look at, I mean, I think the heat and and a couple other of these teams, I just know cause the heat cause that's who I follow the most, but, um, they had one of the easy schedules coming down the stretch of the, of the regular season. Uh, and then the pelicans you look at i mean they had literally the nba saying pelicans please go out and, and make the um, playoffs because ratings will be through the roof obviously listen Jaw and, and what he's done with that grizzlies team he's going to win rookie of the year i think no doubt uh, i don't in my opinion there should be no discussion but it's it'll listen the nba wants something and they're trying to get it done in a way that you know people won't be like hey you're kind of you know helping them, but at the same time, you you look at the strength of schedules here and and stuff. I mean, um, the Grizzlies have the one, two, three, four, fifth-hardest schedule. So, I mean, it's not a coincidence. Like you said, storylines, you mentioned, you know, the Jazz and how they'll play, their chemistry on the court, and, and, you know, they'll have a lot of time to figure that stuff out, being quarantined with each other, with the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um, You look at uh, the Lakers and Clippers, you know, how, listen— People are saying, "How can you make such a big deal about Avery Bradley and him not being there?" You know, with him and and like I said, we're going to get into that in the next segment. But um, him opting out and not wanting to play in Orlando, uh, and who they sign? Do they sign J.R. Smith? Do they sign someone else? You know, who do they sign? But it will be interesting. All these storylines, like you say, Um, what are your thoughts on 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 uh,
1: the whole everything? Yeah. Well, I wanted to pinpoint towards. Because do you have the list of um, of the hardest schedules? Because I, I think you said the yes. the Pelicans were fifth, right? So uh-huh. let, no, I have how about right let, we should do? Yeah, we should read those out because I want to see one team here.
0: Well, you have the Heat with the hardest schedule, then you followed by the Raptors, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, then you have the Trailblazers, the Rockets, the Suns, the Wizards, and then it starts getting into the easier portion. That's I'm I'm about halfway there. Uh, would you like me – you want me to keep going or, or you kind of
1: – Yeah, go ahead. Then you get yeah, the, the,
0: the Mavericks, the Bucks, which the Mavericks, Bucks, and Thunder, and Jazz, and Clippers, they basically all have an even strength schedule. They're, you know, not, not, nothing too hard, nothing too easy. And then you get into the real easy with the the Kings, the Spurs, the Nets, the Magic, the Pacers, Celtics, 76ers, and Pelicans. And the, the 76ers are another team that I really – that's the really.
2: What the hell? Uh, <laughs>
0: that was funny. That was Siri. Hold on one second. Uh, no, that's good. Um, wait, just anyway, write that
1: down, yeah.
0: That, that was funny. Uh, anyway, um, basically, you look at this, and, and the 76ers are a team that I really also wanted to key in because they're a team that can really take advantage of this. They have one of the easiest schedules now going in. Um, they can really move up in, in, in the Eastern Conference standings. You know, I don't know how the home court advantage will be, but, you know, who you're going to play, I guess it really doesn't matter because you're going to be playing the same teams anyway, no matter if you're the third or the si- Whatever it is, they can still really move up and, and gain positioning um, with them being the second easiest schedule. But what did you want to get into in terms of uh, easiest schedule and me rooting out, you know, from top to bottom?
1: Yeah, I was looking at Portland. I was surprised they're like a middle-tier team on your list. Um, in terms of easiest schedule, I was looking mm-hmm. at the trailblazers cause I, I saw the trailblazers. They have the Grizzlies, they have the Celtics, then they have the Rockets. They have, so I'm going through the list here. Um, the Nuggets followed by the Clippers. To, to sum it up, I mean, I think they have a pretty – like, I was looking through it, and they have a pretty – I guess the Grizzlies – but the Grizzlies are the eight seats. So I mean, we shouldn't really sleep on them. Uh, but then again, it, it – I mean, these schedules are really interesting. Again, I, I think the NBA tried to do a good job of, um, of, of pinpointing, I guess, teams that are – I don't even know the, the the recipe for what what they did really, um, because you have well, the Heat at the top of that schedule at the top of that list. So,
0: well, I, I think I, something I do like is that the the last two days, which is basically everyone's last game, uh, August, mm-hmm. th- this eight game window that everyone's going to be playing will start on the thirtieth and end on the um, for, August fourteenth. So what they did was on August 13th and 14th, they didn't schedule a time. They didn't schedule if anyone's going to be on national TV. So basically they're, you know, for instance, and I feel like we could go back to the heat, but Miami and Indiana, that's a supposed playoff matchup. They're fighting for seed. Mm-hmm. Let's say they they're fighting for a seed. All of a sudden they put them on an 8 PM time slot on, on TNT or ESPN. They're going to wait for that. Um, and it's, it, it will really be interesting to see what happens there and, and what, you know, the a seed and, and stuff like that. You have, um, New Orleans playing Orlando, uh, Memphis playing Milwaukee, you know. And something else to point out, you know, like we mentioned up in, you know, in the past few episodes is it's going to be like summerly, you know, games starting as early as 1 o'clock on the weekends, uh, 1230 on the weekdays, or I could be getting them mixed up and going all the way as 9 o'clock start time. And this is all East Coast time. So you're going to, I mean, it's going to be full days of basketball. Um, Not everything's going to be nationally televised, but a lot will be. Uh, you're at least going to have three four games a day between espn nba tv and tnt that you can be that you're going to be able to watch um Uh listen as if you're listening to this podcast you're a basketball fan or real big basketball fans you're gonna it's gonna nothing can make up for the past three three and a half months but it will definitely come close just being able to sit there all day especially you know with uh covid cases rising and who knows what happens if things get shut down again and and what um, you'll have something to do because you'll be able to sit there and just enjoy, you know, quality basketball, no matter if teams are rusty or not, it's just going to be so fun and something that no one's ever experienced before with no fans and stuff like that to watch.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a new experience for all the fans, the players themselves and everyone involved, because it's something that it's, it's really just, A unique situation, Um, and the NBA is doing what they can to. I feel like we say in every episode, but the NBA is doing what doing what it can with with the cards that it's been dealt, and I think they've done a great job. Uh, um, And they're they're working diligently to and and quickly in order to give us new and more information each and every day about upcoming events, upcoming things, and then obviously if if news breaks, they're they're on top of that in terms of Woj and Shams and all these different guys, and so I, I like the schedule. Uh, there's certain days where there's a lot, there's a lot of games. Uh, there's also another thing that we forgot to point out, um, and that I what I read from the tweets and from all the articles that I've read, and so that is that it's it's not unfair when it comes to back-to-back games. They're gonna have one back-to-back game for every single team, and so that. Uh, is essential in just keeping things fair and keeping things equal. And so that's something to point out. Uh, again, your hope is that, again, there's there's nothing like basketball as, as an entertainment, and that holds a lot of value. But once again, there's matchups that I see here where potentially you hope that, that those teams are going to be neck and neck for a, for a potential spot. And so that'll make people want to tune in more. Um, and I, and I see certain matchups where that could be the case, um, just like any other schedule. but especially down the stretch, I see matchups where teams could be fighting for it. Um, and that could be evident uh, especially down the stretch here. So we'll just have to see. Uh, and then again, we'll we'll hope to uh, keep an eye on this come uh, come July more and more.
0: Yeah, I mean, Something else, and it kind of blends in with our with our next couple topics, is coronavirus cases are rising, and you know the NBA, they're going on with with the plan as of right now. But something that could come into major effect is if a player does get you know uh, coronavirus and they have to be out, um, could that be, God forbid, LeBron, or is that you know someone on the bench, you know, a, a key role player? I mean, who knows? Um, players that have opted out. Uh, of significant, you know, is, you know, Portland's Trevor Ariza opted out, uh, Washington Wizard David Davies Bertans. uh, We mentioned Avery Bradley. Um, Guys like that have opted out already that they're not going to play. No matter if that's Avery Bradley with uh, his son being, uh, wouldn't be able to enter the bubble um, because of uh, health issues previously, and he just doesn't want to be away from his family or um, you look at uh, Bertanz who's going into a, uh, a contract uh, this summer. Look, at, you know, going to be a free agent and doesn't want to risk getting hurt. Uh, coming off this long layoff and him being injured previously, he would rather just sit out. So, um, it's just so many things that you, we keep talking about over the past two, three episodes. We talked about it with our friend Javon last episode, episode before that. I mean, I feel like. We kind of are continuing the same topic over so many episodes. Like we said, it's kind of a mini series, but there's mm-hmm. so much that we you can talk about. And I, I'm just excited to watch the games and see how exactly, you know, how how will affect teams? Because, like I said, the 76ers, they have a really, really big chance here to come in fresh start. Um, I saw Tobias Harris. I was watching him uh, on uh, first take. Uh, and you know he was talking about hey you know we didn't have the best chemistry at the beginning of the year and he really didn't he said well you know they're going to keep them in the locker room they're not really going to say why no matter what that is and, and you know they were injured and, and things like that but I said that at the beginning when this whole you know stoppage started i said that the 76ers are now you know with them having one of the easiest schedules i said this before knowing that you know that they can really come in and, and listen I think that they're a team that has the talent to win a championship can they put it together I don't know I feel like we always say that and 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 reporters are always saying that, and TV analysts, and they just never put it together. Um, this could be one last run for them, if, you know, if they just decide, hey, we're going to break this team up, or, or maybe you know we're going to make a big splash if that's trading Joel or trading Ben, or or maybe not doing neither, neither of the two. But um, they're a team that I'm really interested to watch and see how they perform in those eight games, and I think it'll be a real uh, um, tall tale sign as to how they're going to perform going into the playoffs and and who they play. You know, are they going to be having to face, you know, a Celtics or if the Raptors fall down to the third seed or a heat team, or do they play the Pacers or someone like that? You know, it's it's going to be real, real interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, I do think, again, we keep referencing these storylines. And so it'll be interesting how the Jazz uh, recover from, even though there's reports that they're, that the relationships on that team are, are doing just fine, but it's going to be interesting to see how they come out of this. It's going to be interesting to see, as you mentioned, with Philly and what's going on there, having a an off season uh, with with their whole team just really just un- underperforming, um, and that's just if you look from from head to toe that team, it's just that's just factual uh, in that statement, and so it's going to be interesting how teams gel together uh, in terms of. Look, a, a player could go down at, at any second, whether it be injury or or with this uh, with this virus, and they're going to have to get tested and deal with all the protocols that the NBA has set out there. And so it's going to be it's really just it'll it'll be crucial uh, to see if if what it does to the chemistry of the team if if someone goes down and uh, there's just so much storylines uh, revolving around this. You mentioned the players opting out, uh, and we can go through. I, I know you went through uh, Davis Bertons, Avery Bradley, Trevor Ariza, uh, Willie Cauley Stein, and so these are all different guys. And these are just again, we don't know where other players' heads are at, but these are just the headliners at the moment here. And so we don't know how many guys are going to be opting out. There's still time to time to, uh, I guess. There's, there's a window of time here until the NBA season starts where guys could easily opt out. And it, it's for important reasons. It's for whether family, um, and it's a majority family. Uh, and I'm surprised Avery. Well, Avery Bradley has a, a son that's, that's dealing with respiratory issues. So it's fine. Um, and yet again, he is on a competing team with the Lakers uh, atop the Western conference right now. Um, so even though was that was surprising. I do get it. I do get the reason. Um, and obviously, our thoughts are towards him and his family during this time. Uh, but the other guys, Ariza's on the Trailblazers, Berton's on the Wizards, um, who were just on the on the brink of uh, or on the break break of uh, of making it. And so the Wizards were the last team in the Eastern Conference to do so uh, to make this uh, this bubble in in Orlando. Uh, then you have the Mavericks who are the seventh seed um, but still on the cusp of potentially I, I think they're pretty much set um, depending on what happens obviously and so a lot of these a lot of these guys are uh for for family reasons Bertanz's reason was pretty interesting uh, because I guess he's really trying to I don't know how he feels about the wizards but I guess he's trying to really test out the market, and he sure. doesn't want to risk the injury um, of getting hurt. He's,
0: he's someone who
1: – he's a really, really good basketball player. And I think on a, on a
0: championship-level team, he's he could be a starter. He could be that you know key uh, you know three-point guy coming off the bench that can score the hell out of the ball and shoot the hell out of the ball. Um, yeah. Something else, and you mentioned that Wizards team, something like the Wizards team. The Wizards, they have a pretty slim chance of making the playoffs with the Magic – you know, basically needed to, you know, they can lock it up, I think in the first couple games that they play. So a team like them, or even out West, you look at, you know, the trailblazers, the Pelicans teams like that, who are kind of a little farther back. Let's say they get eliminated in the first, you know, three, four games halfway through, how do they play? Do their players say, Hey, we don't want to, you know, rest, you know, their star players say, Hey, rest me. Cause I don't want to, you know, risk the, you know, risk, getting hurt and having to miss the start of next season or things like that. How does that play into, let's say they play a team, you know, like a Indiana or like a uh, um, Philadelphia or out West, you know, you play the, the Nuggets or the Clippers fighting for seeding. Um, how does that really affect? Because all of a sudden it's kind of an easier game per se, or, uh, you know, a team out West to clinch basically their seeding and they just, they're just they just kind of going through tune-ups. And, you know, let's say the Lakers say, hey, we're just going to play our starters, you know, just the first half and, and then play our bench players the second half. You know, there's so much that can go into this. And uh, I think that people aren't thinking about yet. I'm just, you know, it's just a thought that I'm throwing out there. I think there's going to be, you know, we're going to have so much time to analyze and, and nitpick and, and look at every single game. Uh, Over then next month, then ESPN will, and then you know, uh, Fox Sports one will, and everyone else. So I think that's a big, big factor to me as to will teams. You know, let's say, like I just said, let's say they get kicked out and and they don't have a shot at the playoffs anymore, but they still need to play the rest of their games. Let's say that's four, five games, or let's say that's one, two games left. You know, how big of a factor is that?
1: That's a huge factor. I think that's a good point as to whether. Again, we could have a whole another. If if a team is not necessarily in the in the hunt for it anymore, we could have you know drama, you know, start up again. There could be another you know another problem within the NBA that we need to. Again, there there's there's a bu- a whole bunch of factors in this. Um, I think we could talk all day long about every single uh, we we failed to mention about. Uh, and I think we could transition here into the 16 players out of the 302 that got tested um, in this first round of testing and again, they're not um, necessarily in the bubble yet uh, in Orlando, but a lot of players are or not not a lot. obviously it's it's something like five yeah, percent.
2: but exactly then 5%. Again,
1: right, but then again, we haven't we haven't even touched the basketball yet on, on a in a real game. We haven't done any of that. and so, that's 16 players so far. Um, and this is obviously, uh, I don't, they're not, yeah, they're not in the bubble yet. They're in their um, own respective uh, cities training right now. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But, but again, cool. when, when they're, when they're able to travel to Orlando, they got to test there. And yeah, again, and, and- and basketball is a very physical and, and, and obviously we're not going to be six feet apart. They're not going to be six feet apart on the court. So it's gonna be it'll it'll be a lot to go through. Um, I just hope that everyone remains you know healthy and, and is able to to play their game out there. But there's a lot of factors going into it, and the NBA has done a great job with it. I just don't know if it'll be enough. Obviously, there's gonna be a ton of protocols, but will it be enough, um, especially in the season? Not now, not now. Like obviously, right now it's not a problem, but but well, come the season, who knows? Here's the, here's
0: the issue, and and these players who test 16, the 16 players who de- test positive, guys, um, that we know publicly, uh, Indiana's uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Sacramento had two players or three players, I think. I know Jabari Parker and Alex Glenn. Mm-hmm. Buddy uh, Heald. Heats. Buddy Heald also tested. It seems like, I don't know, a lot of Sacramento right. players, maybe they were hanging out with each other. I don't know. Um, Derek Jones. Uh, Nick, Derek Jones Jr. for the Heat. Nikolai Jokic, mm-hmm. who I think is the biggest name out of all of them to be affected uh-huh. who's not even back in the u.s yet because he can't get back because he's still in serbia uh-huh. um it'll be interesting to see because now these players can't you know they need to go 14 days uh quarantine then they need to have two positive tests uh, uh, excuse me two negative tests hopefully not positive tests um that say they no longer have the virus and then they can rejoin their team so basically they won't be rejoining their teams until their teams uh travel to orlando and and that's you know, they, they set uh, – Lembier sent out a schedule the other day, you know, between the – I believe July 6th and July 8th, where um, – what teams will be traveling to Orlando on which day. The Raptors already traveled down to uh, – they're in Fort Myers, Florida, about an hour or two hours away from Orlando, training at Florida Golf Coast University right now. So they're already basically in a bubble um, down there. And it's going to be really, really interesting – like we've pointed out so many times as to who, you know, how this affects uh, the player, you know, the players and and stuff like that. I think a a big thing, and I think something that we didn't think about before and we started thinking about is like we just mentioned, COVID cases are rising, especially in Florida. Uh You know, we live in Florida, 9,000 new cases um, within the past day or so. It's a record. Um, and, and as people think that we're getting over this, it seems like, we're, you know, it's just starting up again uh, with, you know, things get becoming a little more lax here in Florida. And, and I think things are going to start tightening up again. But we talked about how, how much of this is an actual bubble. The players are not allowed, in or allowed to go out. They're only allowed on the, on the property and they have so much to do on the property. But still, that it's not the main point. The main point is you have people coming in to clean their rooms. You have people coming in to cook you have different things the hotel workers and who's to say that they don't have you know with so many covid cases rising and especially in that orange county area where disney world is um in orlando it's going to be hard to really maintain in my opinion there's going to be a couple players or i think a little more than a couple players that come down with this and then the question is is well how does the nba contain it so it doesn't uh, spread like wildfire, like a wildfire and, and just take out the season because I, you know, as much as I want to believe like, Hey, we're going to get through this and, and you know, we're going to crown a champion come as late as October 13th. I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, halfway through this or even a you know, a couple weeks into it, that they have to shut it down again. Who knows what happens then? Do they cancel the season for good? Do they, you know, say, Hey, let's wait it out, uh, and, and, and shut it down for 14 days and try to come back. And, you know, you can really get yourself in just a repeated cycle. And, and it's, it's something just, to, uh, I think, a thought, and it's a major thought. And uh, I know the NBA's mind, as Adam Silver said, you know, there's no safe – there's no for sure way that we can have a plan that no one's going to get it. Um, there's going to be risk in this, and, and we're taking the risk. A players, obviously, he's giving players the option to come down there. Most of them are. Uh, we only know of a few who, you know, like we mentioned, who are opting out. And it's definitely gonna, you know, it's. I think for the players though, and and, uh, Udinese Haslam was on on NBA's The Jump the other day. He he said it best. I think it's gonna be a mental game, and who has the the mental strength to get through this, um, the meaning the players and and just sit there and focus. Uh, as much as they're you're you're gonna be stuck in one place for so long. At the same time, you have, uh, ping pong. You have video games. You can go play golf. You can just go watch other games and stuff like that. And and you can really just get sidetracked and not stay focused and stay mentally ready to go play a basketball game, uh, you know, every other day or if you have a back-to-back.
1: I agree with that. I think it is just as much mental as it is physical, even though the physical risk is um, obviously there and, and really dangerous. Uh, but once again, there's – I don't know. It's, it's a lot of – it is a lot of risk. And that's something that you mentioned that Adam Silver said. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's it's it just it's going to be because that, that number 16 out of 302, obviously, that doesn't even take into account all the workers and everyone at Disney. And so yeah, you, and you also, talked I mean, about that. Yeah, you talked and, about and, that.
0: No, you mentioned that. Plus, you know, we really don't know, have have coaches, you know, coaches, I don't know if they've, I know, you know, some staffers for some teams have tested positive. Uh, Mandatory workouts are not until July 1st, as we mentioned. So once that starts, and then they're going to start testing once everyone gets to Orlando every day, they're going to start testing people. So, you know, even though these teams are, are chartering planes and doing private stuff and taking a minimal amount of people with them. It's going to be really, really tough to keep everyone healthy. And then, you know, we talk about coronavirus, but at the same time, you know, f- fatigue and, and then not straining muscles, I, like, you know, um, because they haven't played in three, four months and all of a sudden they're getting back. You know, it's not like a, a regular where you get back into training camp and then you kind of preseason and then you get into the beginning of the season where, you know, guys are not 100 percent yet, but you, you're slowly getting back in. All of a sudden you're getting back into the most important part of the season that you've waited for now since this time last summer uh, where free agents were making decisions as to where to go based on the best chance, best chance for them to win a championship or best situation for them. So, I mean, guys like Kawhi and Paul George, you know, and Anthony Davis and and all those big free agent signings, Kemba Walker going to the Celtics, you know, they've been waiting for this. And now all of a sudden, you know, let's say they, they, you know, God forbid, you know, pull a hamstring uh, and stuff like that and have to be out. It's, Mm -hmm. there's so much risk involved. And the more I, I, think about and read into it i i understand the players concerns as to hey listen there's the whole social injustice problem and, and players having that concern then there's the covid problem and then there's just normal injury problem that i think we're going to see i uh, more than a few players have have that problem and have to sit out a few games if that's you know guys being on, on load management per se as much as people want to say load management you, you just had load management for three months but having to ease guys but ease guys back into this and making sure that they you know they're not a a, a risk
1: a self self harm risk right i think that players either either not being as trained or not being as ready and players coming down with the virus i think if you look at it from both those ways you question and and i think it's a very valid question is if this, however, the season plays out, is this going to be viewed at, as an asterisk season? Because if you look at it from LeBron's perspective, he has the most storied career right now, currently in the NBA. Out of all the NBA players, he has uh, the storylines that are that are running on him, or are, are are very are very valuable and very key. And so, if you look at LeBron, you look at okay, is Giannis going to be fully Giannis? Is Kawhi going to be fully Kawhi? Is PG going to be fully PG? And all these different teams that are trying to come after the Lakers. And that all leads up to the question of, as I said before, do you look at this, if you're looking at this in the in the history of the NBA, all the seasons that have been played out, how do you view the champion of of this season? And And who knows if this season even gets played out. We hope that it does. But with all that's happened, at the end of this, when you crown a champion, is that is that team, is the players on those, on those teams, are they viewed at in a different way because of how this season played out? Well, you mentioned something, and it
0: kind of trigger, it triggered a light bulb for me. And no fans, you look at teams like the Sixers, the Heat, that they were great at home, but they really struggled on the road. Um, and, and how feeding off your home crowd can really help you in the whole home court advantage. You look at, you know, the potential Lakers-Clippers matchup um, in the or Western also, Conference Finals.
1: It also takes well, away, well, sorry to interrupt you, but it also takes away those teams that stink on the road like like the 76ers, it takes that away because now you're neutral. You don't have a home home, home quarter well, or away type feeling. Well,
0: yeah, and what I was getting to is, you know, you look at the Lakers-Clippers – it's going to be a seven game series, but really all seven games are going to be Laker home games as the, you know, you even look during the regular season, even when it's a Clippers home game and they're playing the, the Lakers and this has been for years, but yes, even this year um, with the Clippers being really, really good, you know, there's always Laker fans. So that, the Clippers get benefit in that way because now all of a sudden, you know, let's say they face the Lakers in a, in a, um, a game seven of Western conference finals, they need, they don't need to deal with that. And I think the best player, who doesn't need fans to feed off of his Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's just so much of a, like <laughs> Charles Barkley says, a cyborg and just a robot. Um, <laughs> he's um, just, he doesn't need a feed off things like that compared to like a 76ers team where Joel Embiid loves to feed off the crowd. Um, and, and, you know, you look at Ben Simmons and guys like that, they love to feed off the crowd and how will that impact the game? Because, you look at a playoff series, and, and obviously we haven't seen a playoff series in now over a year now. But you really think about it, there's so much swings and, and uh, momentum shifts just in a game and in a series itself, just from the crowd and, and the crowd getting all riled up because you know a team went on a, on a 10-0 run and the weight team having to call a timeout, or if that's you know them the weight team silencing the crowd because they go on their own 12-0 run or a, a 15-4 run or something like that. It's a big, big difference that I think we're going to see. Uh, like I said, with everything else, the eight games are really going to give these players an adjustment period as to, okay, this is how it's going to feel for, uh, you know, come a playoff series. And like I said, there's, there's going to be a game, you know, I, every year there's always game sevens in, in one series throughout the playoffs at least. So there's going to be a game seven and, and it's not going to be your normal, typical feel, but it's, you know,
1: it'll be weird. Yeah. It it is without any fans. It's it's totally gonna gonna give a vibe that that is that ha- hasn't been felt before by by players. And so, like I said, I think that if you're a you're a team that that does well at home, obviously you you have a disadvantage in this. Um, but if you're an away team, like pretty much it's it's just a neutral. Uh, it's a neutral atmosphere. You don't have any fans there. You're in one spot in Orlando and you're playing for a playoff spot. And so if you sucked on the road, you don't got to really worry about that. If you were good at home, all right, well, we got to play in Orlando here. And so there's really not going to be any advantage or disadvantage. It's just going to be a really neutral atmosphere um, in Orlando. And so then again, I, I still think about there's there's a huge question i know we're talking about the virus and i know we're talking about um the players getting geared up for for the end of july coming up when the nba season comes back again but i just feel like it might be labeled an asterisk season because uh or or i'm sorry like the 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 especially the players who win this especially if it's a big name like lebron it might not view, be viewed in such a it's i don't think it's it's obviously going to be viewed in such a, a big light compared to other seasons because you have this whole entire outbreak happening. But yeah. the question is as well, are the players, if the players, obviously you you, you never want to wish a virus on any of these guys, uh, but that that very much could happen. Uh, on the flip side though, you have whether or not these guys are going to be fully trained because we, we have this, this window about a month uh, where these guys can be, are going to be training and getting their work in, in order to prepare, prepare for the season. So if you're in LeBron's boat, you question if if you're looking at it from LeBron's perspective, are you getting, if you face up, let's just say hypothetically with Giannis in the finals, are you getting 100% Giannis? Because then if you're not, then people are in. in in years to come we're going to be like, okay, that twenty twenty NBA finals, what you weren't necessarily getting the best Giannis. So we're gonna sort of snub yeah. you from that or take that away from you. Well,
2: well here's Or not thing. use it to
0: the
1: advantage though. Like Well, no no no, well, you know what well, I
0: mean. here, here here's where I agree and disagree with you. Or not dis- not agree or disagree, but I'm gonna bring up another point because every okay. year you look at you look at the first time the Warriors won, and what do people say? You know, and now, you know, people don't like the Warriors for multiple reasons. Put that aside. They say, well, you know, Kyrie and, and, and Kevin Love, they were hurt. It was LeBron by himself. And then, you know, you, they came back the second year and, and they won there. And then people say, you know, like myself, well, Draymond Green was hurt. And that's why or Draymond Green got suspended. And even though he was there for game six and seven, it's a major reason why the Cavaliers won. They had the momentum and everything else. So every year there's always going to be, you know, that, well, this happened, that happened. That's why they lost. That's why they won. But I do have to agree with you that for me, there won't be, there will be an asterisk, but at the same time, it'll be, hey, they won it because they were the best team. Um, Now, more than ever, you don't have any advantages. It's all neutral, basically, especially home court and stuff. So there's no excuse there. Um, It'll be, (laughs) listen, these players, they're not going to be in their normal routine. They'll develop a routine. And obviously, by the time the finals comes, whoever those teams are, they'll, those those players will have a routine set um, because that's going to be already three months into it, uh, which is, you know, almost, you know, six months, from, four or five months from now. Um, it's, it's so much that goes into it. It's just, it's, I agree with you, but at the same time, it's like every year, there's always something you talk about Giannis maybe not being himself or not getting into his normal. Well, you look at Giannis in past playoffs, he has never been able to because to, he hasn't been able to figure out how to win a playoff series yet. You know, a big time playoff series because either he can't shoot the ball or the defense that they set up around him. So, there's still going to be those factors in a playoff series always. It's about how you know who comes over adversity be the best, and I think this will be the best, like I said earlier who has, which team and which players has the best mental toughness to get through this, because it, it's going to be hard for people who say, yeah, well, it'll be easy. You know, they, they get to relax and do this. No, it's not going to be like that. It, it, this is going to be tough. Um, you're some of these guys who have families that are going to be away from their families and they can say, well, that could be, a, no, I mean, that's part of their everyday thing where even in a playoff series where they might not be at, in the NBA season, where they might not be at home as much, they like going home on a, on, when they're in a homestand or even during a playoff series and just sit and, and breathe for a second because of how intense everything is. So it's, it's definitely going to be something to watch for as everything else is. And, and it, it, listen, I think the behind the scenes and, and seeing guys on social media and you know, they'll be posting there and seeing who hangs out with who, we haven't even got into the whole you know, how things will, you know they have a secret hotline that I don't even think we even covered where you know, guys can call for tampering uh, and you look at, you know, Giannis being a big free agent come next summer, uh, and where he could go and who's staying in hotel. And it's, there's so, so I keep saying it, and I'm going to say it again. There's so, so much that goes into this. It's not even funny. That's why it's taken us three episodes. And I still haven't even think as we're, you know, closing down this episode that I, we haven't even covered, you know, 75% of, of what can be covered, you know, of this bubble and, and, you know, how exciting it is that the NBA is coming back and sports in general coming back.
1: Right. There's so much to unravel. I think we we both have reiterated that time and time again. And not only for this season, but for seasons to come. And this isn't like any other thing we've ever seen, especially since we weren't around for the the 99 lockout that I referenced earlier when we were talking about Vince Carter. Yeah, I mean,
0: and there there, there was a lockout back in um, 11-12. uh the the year after the Mavs won it. And, oh right, right, right. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I think the difference is here and something that I really uh, Tim Hardaway when we, we when he had us on the po- when he, we had him on the podcast pointed out, it's different because during a lockout guys can go and, and I remember back and, and I don't know if you remember, you know, we were a little bit younger, but that eleven twelve lockout, guys were going and, and having, you know, going and playing pickup games all the time.
1: Yeah, but uh, this is a
0: virus, yeah. You can't so, so that, that that's my point as to guys can stay ready during that. Because they yeah. can get together as a, a team, even though they can't communicate with coaches like they can now um, because it's a lockout and you're not allowed to communicate whatsoever. But as, as friends and stuff, they can all, com- they can all get together and, and play those pickup games. Go, you know, when you know, they have those programs, you know, you know, if it's the Drew League or if it's the Miami Pro League uh, in Atlanta, they know they have one all over, you know, they, they have stuff. So, or if it's just going out, you know, to a, in New York to one of the parks and just playing pickup in the street. They can all do that during a, a lockout. This, for the past, a lot of guys haven't been able to shoot a basketball up until the past, you know, three weeks or so. They finally started getting back in the gym or the past month. So that's that's I think the biggest difference between the lockout and the and the uh, pandemic.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'll agree with your statement there. I think that again, it's we keep reiterating it, but. A very um, crucial time for for NBA basketball. Uh, there's been a lot of doubters to see see if we see if the the head of the, the NBA, the, the commissioner, and everyone um, in the the NBA's front office can can pull this off. And and they've done a they've done a good job. And again, the job isn't finished. Um, again, the players' association has a big voice in this and we see a lot of players not only voicing their opinion towards, towards the restart, uh, but also, you know, obviously in other endeavors. Um, and so uh, we, we'll see what happens. I think there's a lot to cover uh, still that we have in, again, we've, we've done literally three or four episodes on this, uh and it's it's literally turned into a little series so we'll see what, what what's in store for us to come yeah we'll see what's what's in store for us to cover next time but it's gonna be interesting to see uh as we progress here uh what goes down in the nba world is in terms of news and then when the whole season plays out we'll see how it plays out i don't know what else yeah say. Nah,
0: so, that's for sure um I mean, that will basically do it again. We're excited to team up with Fourth uh, and Twenty Media.
1: Check, them, check out. them
0: out again. Uh, really, really good guys. Uh, we've been negotiating that over the you know past week or so. So uh, that's that's something really big for us, and and we hope uh, they like I mentioned earlier. And if I didn't, uh, um, they have other podcasts and other sports. Uh, I know MMA and and just a general sports podcast. I know they're trying to bring in a, a baseball podcast. Uh, stuff like that so go check them out jake where can they check us out on our social media Um, like we say every episode and hopefully you guys if you guys listen every episode you guys probably know but if
1: you guys are new where can they check us out on social media they can check us out on instagram at underscore around the league underscore uh let us know what you think about the podcast let us know what you think we should do for future podcast ideas because right now we're just covering the nba season but we could always take some more suggestions so check us out on there And then remember, we are on all three streaming platforms for podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Check us out, y'all. Yeah, check us out on all of them. Peace out. Peace.